Hey there, and welcome to the Creative Gene Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Richardson. This is where we talk about all things songwriting, from lyrics to melodies and everything in between. My only hope is that after listening to this podcast that you would feel inspired to go out and write your own songs and flex that creativity that you have, because I know it's there. I'm so glad you're here. Hey, 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 and we're back with another episode. Um, Today's guest is very special. He is so talented. I mean, like, he's an incredible songwriter. He's a great producer. He has a great singing voice, like an amazing singing voice. And, like, he does other stuff like art and animation. And, like, like, what can't he do? He's just ultra talented. So please welcome Clarence Kelly. Hi, Clarence. How are you? I am fantastic how are you doing today <laughs> i'm um, doing great 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 thanks for asking me to be on um is this i guess this is the part where i kind of like introduce myself and yep. uh drop some of my credentials to make it sound like i know what i'm doing um <laughs> so i am clarence kelly uh i am a senior at treveca um that's where megan and i know each other from mm-hmm. um I am a musician, but like Megan said, I'm also a graphic designer and an animator, which is right now kind of taking up the majority of my time. It's a okay. lot of what I do, mm-hmm. but I've been writing music for many, many years, and I've worked with a lot of different artists, and I've, I do production on the side and do my own production for my own music, but um, over the years, I've been able to work with artists like Jason Lancaster from Mayday Parade and Go Radio and... Recently, I did a lot of design and animation work for artists like Judah and the Lion, okay. Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors, um, uh, The Dailies, and uh, another band called Betcha. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just kind of all over the place. Uh, I, you know the phrase, it's like jack of all trades, master right. of none. <laughs> but better be too, better, better, be, uh, better to be jack than a master of one. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, so I guess I'm sort of in that realm, but I'm always kind of scared of just being Jack, right? And not really mastering anything. But um, you know, people say that like creative people are kind of are rarely creative in only one facet. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I've been songwriting for many years, which I know this is more of what the podcast is about, and I'm mm-hmm. excited to be on. Yay. Well, I'm so excited to have you on. <laughs> so how did you start songwriting? Gosh. Um, so I feel like I need to go back to when I started playing guitar. Okay. Um, many moons ago, back when I rode my dinosaur to school um, <laughs> in sixth grade, <laughs> uh, I started learning guitar. And um, by the end of middle school, um, I had joined this little band in the high school. Uh, they called themselves Soldiers of Fortune because um, mm-hmm. they were all edgy and it was kind of cringy. Um, but within that, everybody was kind of trying to write music. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, I play guitar. I want to learn how to write music. And so I just started dabbling. And um, I eventually left that band um, and I started a different band that I fronted we called ourselves of the faith which was also a, a cringy band um and like most high school bands it didn't go anywhere okay. um <laughs> and uh, but i continued to write music and I, I eventually got to the point where i was just writing music more for myself mm-hmm. and um so by like junior year of high school i played in another band i played drums for them but i didn't write anything for them mm-hmm. um and so I left that, and I started writing uh, what eventually became my first album, which was uh, under the name of Wooden Woman, which okay. was this experimental folk project, kind of mm-hmm. bluesy-oriented. and um, It was not really the best music, but it was very formative in that it taught me a lot about songwriting, and okay. I taught myself a lot, and I taught myself a lot about production as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really me just experimenting and trying to figure out what worked and what didn't work um, until, so I, I've been doing that project for 
a long time. And it's kind of laid dormant since about 2017. Um, but I've also kind of wanted to be in other genres. Like, I, I don't like being kind of just stuck in one genre yeah. when it comes to songwriting. Um, so at some point, I was like, I'm going to write a pop record and... I'm going to do it like really fast and just, just to do it. Like, uh -huh. I don't care if nobody listens to it. Yeah. So a while ago I, I did that. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was not good and it's, it's not out anywhere. Um, except on like SoundCloud. I think the demos are there. Um, but it, it got me into a different realm of production, which mm -hmm. is a very important part of my songwriting. Um, mm -hmm. I tend to create the track first and then write the lyrics after. Um, and I can get more into that later on. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, so now I, I do everything under my name, my own name now, Clarence Kelly. Uh, yeah. And it's more of, like, indie rock, indie pop stuff. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and the, and the songwriting has definitely changed over the years. The type of things I write mm -hmm. about now are much different than what I wrote about in high school. Um, and so... Yeah, that's kind of how I started songwriting, was just being around other people that wanted to write music, and okay. that kind of got me into that. Okay. Nice. That's great. So I hear that, like, you've dabbled a lot in a lot of different genres, so what would you say is, like, your favorite genre to write in? My favorite genre? Mm-hmm. Gosh, I... I think probably indie rock... Okay, uh, yeah. is my favorite because when it comes to the indie scene is there, there's not really a lot of rules right, um, yeah. and like you can kind of just do what you want so mm -hmm. there's it's a very broad genre I okay. feel like um, yeah. so like if I want to make a like an emo song I can do yeah. that or if yeah. I want to make a more pop oriented like rock song like I have the freedom to do that mm -hmm. um so that's probably my favorite genre to write in, but it's, I think the, the one I end up always kind of falling back to is like the pop genre. Okay. Um, I have a real soft spot for 80s music. <laughs> so like that influences a lot of yeah. my music. Okay. Okay. I love that. So what are like some of your favorite topics to write about? Oh gosh. Um, You know, I don't know that I settle on specific things to write about. Mm -hmm. I really like to try to stimulate emotion okay. in the type of music I write. Um, yeah. So if that requires me telling a story, then I'll do that. But mm -hmm. most of the time, it feels like a lot of non sequiturs that just kind of um, make you feel something. You know, that, or yeah. at least I hope that's what it is. Uh, yeah. I love playing with nostalgia. Okay. Um, nostalgia really sells. In, in, and it doesn't matter what field you're in, be it like design or music yeah. or um, pretty much anything. Nostalgia sells. It does. Um, yeah. So I love playing with the idea of nostalgia and growing up mm. and um, and like wrestling with the emotions of getting older and... Um, yeah, so, so, but I think most everything I do tends to be around the emotions of getting older, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would agree with that, because I've been listening to your last record that you put out, and I get those themes a lot um, as I listen to your music, just like that grappling of growing up and like leaving things that you found dear to your childhood behind. So, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no. Good. Um, so um, tell me about your creative process. How do you like begin writing a song? Um, so being a designer and like kind of working a lot with visual art, I tend to start with a color palette. Mm. Um, trust me, this the, it, it's all connected to songwriting, I promise. Okay, I'm intrigued. Um, <laughs> but I tend to start with, like, a set, maybe four or five colors uh -huh. that I want to pull from. Um, and then I try to find images that 
like have those colors in them. Oh. And essentially, I if I don't find anything, I make something. Uh, sometimes I'll draw a picture and I'll use that. And I kind of will use whatever I'm looking at and try to figure out what emotion that kind of pulls out from me. Okay. Um, even in the smallest way. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of where I start. I, I start with the visual part of it. And then I tend to go on to like, okay, what's a way that I can condense what I'm feeling when looking at this into like a small amount of words. Um, mm. So a lot of times I'll come up with like a temporary title um, of a track for whatever I'm working on and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to call this track right now. So like, um, I have one track I'm working on right now, uh, that I've called Ghibli, uh, mm-hmm. because a lot of it is inspired by like studio Ghibli films and, mm-hmm. uh, the music from like my neighbor Totoro. And, yeah. um, and that also then leads into influencing like the type of production I'll do for it. Okay. So for that song in particular, uh, it's got a lot of like very spacey, verbed out, icy mm-hmm. synthesizers and yeah. some uh, like cleaner guitar tones and things like that. Um, all to kind of create this sense of like when you think of Studio Ghibli, or at least when I do, because I grew up with some of those movies, like mm-hmm. that's kind of part of my childhood. It's, it's nostalgia. Yeah. Um, so going back to that. Um, so I kind of try to use the production to create that sense of emotion like that I'm kind of drawing from. So it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like a step-by-step step process, and they all kind of feed into each other. Okay. And then I will try to usually write lyrics uh, mm-hmm. after that that kind of fit that emotion and hmm. maybe speak into, like, what the theme of the song is and what the theme of the title is. Okay. Um, and granted, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes I'll just be like inspired by a lyric and be like, oh, that's it. I'm going to write a song about that. And then I'll just do it. <laughs> um, but like when I'm sitting down and mapping out a song, that's kind of how I do it. Oh, wow. So like you start basically with color. So like if you wanted to use the color blue or something like that, then would that kind of create like a sense of sadness or a sense of like grief or something like that? Uh, I think it depends on the shade and I, okay. I don't want to be like too esoteric or like, um, uh, what's the word? Um, I'm not trying to be all posh about it. Like it's yeah. not some like spacey, like, oh, I've, I've had this great idea and now I'm going to do it forever because it's my idea. Like, no, it's not like yeah. that. It's just, okay. it's just easy. Um, it's easier for me to do it that way. Um, okay. And so, like, like with blue, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that I would always draw sadness from blue. Okay. And also, it kind of depends on the season of life that I'm in okay. uh, at that point when I'm writing and, yeah. and like, what's happening around me. There's, there's mm-hmm. a lot of context that goes into, like, the color choices as well. Okay. Yeah. So, with blue, I think, like, right now, if I was to write a song and use a lot of different shades of blue, I think Mm -hmm. then it would be more about comfort um, than sadness. And I think it'd be more about like just kind of floating. Hmm. It'd be very soft feeling. Um, I feel like that's the best way to describe it is soft and comfortable. It's more of like the emotion that I would try to pull from it. And I know that like soft and comfortable aren't emotions, but... Uh-huh. That's the I, I I like to consider them that because that's what I'm trying to right. um yeah. communicate to the listener. Mm, okay. So then when you sit down and write your song, so then like say you're using the color blue, and then from there do you write down soft, comfortable, and then after that you kind of use those things to drive like your lyrics? Yeah, I think so. And I'll also use like whatever um like after I get the colors, I'll try to, like, pull some images that maybe okay, have those colors in them. Um, and sometimes, like like I said, I'll draw a picture. And okay. uh, maybe yeah. whatever I draw the picture of is, like, since, like, I try to use those colors. And then I'll write the lyrics based off of what I drew. Okay. Um, or um, 
like sometimes I like to just have a color and then I'll like look up words and phrases that are out of mm-hmm. a particular industry. Okay. Um, so like I have a song called Worn Out Sweatshirt um, mm-hmm. that was on my record Bull Boy Grows His Horns. Um, mm-hmm. And that song uses a lot of phrases from the financial industry. Uh-huh. Um, so a lot of references to the stock market, to okay. stock, to bonds and um, yeah. to like financial services, um, but also trying to use them in a way that, I don't know, maybe is a love song or yeah. like communicate some sort of feeling other than like money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'll, I'll do that sometimes when I'm trying to come up with lyrics or if I'm having a tough time mm-hmm. um, or I'll like approach a certain subject that I'm kind of interested in and I'll be like, okay, how can I turn this into a like pop song? Uh, mm-hmm. So something I did recently over the summer, um, I was a part of a compilation put out by a, a record label in Slovakia called Z Tapes. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. Z Tapes. It's pronounced Z Tapes, but it's spelled Z dash tapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Anyway, I wrote a song called Hockey, and it's mm-hmm. all about hockey. And, like, the challenge for me and that the game that I was kind of playing with myself was, like, yeah. how do I turn this really aggressive kind of manly, like, macho boy sport into a love song? Huh. And so I tried my best to do that, and I, I feel like I did all right with it. Okay. Um, and I've been working on re-recording it with my buddy Cameron, who's producing um, an EP that I've been working on that I hope to have out in the next year. Um, but right now, the original version is with Zed Tapes on their uh, spring mm-hmm. compilation. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'll do that too with songwriting when I, I'll try to like use something that isn't necessarily like romantic or emotional yeah. and try to pull emotion from it hmm i hope all of that makes sense i feel like i might be rambling but maybe i'm not (laughs) No, like that is so inspiring like i'm very intrigued right now just like how you're able to pull those things and like put it all together and make it into something different that's that's amazing (laughs) thank you and i i don't know that it's like i don't know that it's necessarily unique but um it's certainly fun uh, it's a good yeah. experiment for people who yeah. are songwriting, I feel like, um, to just try to use something that maybe doesn't seem emotional and yeah. pull emotion from it, you know? Yeah. No, that's amazing. It truly is. Um, so what is your favorite aspect of songwriting? Um, again, I'm not trying to be esoteric, uh, <laughs> but... Songwriting to me is the closest we can get to creating something from nothing. Wow. Um, And I'll kind of elaborate that in a a little bit. Um, Like working in visual art and working in music, um, honestly working in any industry, Mm -hmm. like you can create something, but you're always using something else to make it. Um, And you do that with music, but I think it's music is the closest we can get to creating something from nothing because, but the problem with what we make is it's intangible Mm -hmm. because it's just, it's just sound frequencies moving through the air and reacting with our, our eardrums and things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know the science behind it, Um, but like if, you can use what you have available to make like paper towels or guitars or, or anything. But with music, um, you're creating something that didn't exist before. Mm -hmm. So like if I was to sing a melody, like da, 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 like that melody until I just sang it didn't exist. Right. Yeah. But the problem is it's intangible. Hmm. Um, so I, that's kind of what I love about songwriting and, just about music in general um, is that it's like, I don't know. I'll get a little spiritual here. Um, Like 
I myself am a Christian. I believe in a creator. And if I mm-hmm. believe that I am created in his image, who mm-hmm. the creator made everything, made yeah. everything from nothing. And so this is kind of the closest we can get to emulating that. Hmm. You know, and even okay. if you're not even if you're not religious, like the act of creating something is still a spiritual experience, in my opinion. You know, yeah. it's a you leave a bit of yourself within it. Um but yeah, I, I, that's my favorite part of songwriting, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're really making me think over here. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, that's if, great. Well, I mean, I don't know that I have a lot of great input to give. You know, if like Socrates was a gat fly, then I'm like a mosquito. <laughs> um, I'm just a no. little annoying. But um, no, no I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I can kind of provide some weird other point of view (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i mean wow so inspirational (laughs) um yeah so now we're gonna move on to our lyric of the week segment and this is where i will pull a lyric from one of your songs and have you explain it more oh boy Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so um, the song that I pulled is called It's My Fault. Um, it's the first song on your record that was released in 2019 um, called Bull Boy Grows His Horns, mm-hmm. um, which I love that record. Like I've listened to that record front to back several times. So. Well, thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed yes, it. Yes, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. So um, I pulled the second verse. Um, and it goes, well, this broken heart of mine, it can't leave this world alone. And I thought that I could have it, but my wants were never home. California seems so out of reach and all my passions mean nothing else to anyone but me. So tell me about that. So there's actually a story behind this song. Really? Um, Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So. Back in 2016, this is an old song. I didn't release it until 2019, but I wrote okay. it. Yeah. I, I at least wrote the original demo back in 2016, 2017 okay. there. Yeah. Um, I was a finalist for a um, competition that Volcom was mm-hmm. putting out, Volcom, the clothing brand yeah. out of California. Yeah. And so out of... 60,000 entries Mm -hmm. I was one of the final 30 okay that got to be interviewed by the head of marketing for Volcom Hmm. and um I pitched an animation idea Mm -hmm. for an animated skate film that would be about 10-15 minutes Mm -hmm. um and so that was kind of the opportunity I had there and I was I was really really like banking on that I was really hoping for it okay Ultimately, I did not win. I, I was not one of... They picked 10 people to mm-hmm. to be a part of it. And the whole contest was called Hashtag This First. Uh-huh. And the idea was that Volcom would pay you to do whatever your passion is for three months. And okay. then you would you would go to California and you would like put it on display for everybody. And hopefully you it would be like a way to launch your career in that field. Mm-hmm. So for me at the time it was animation and I was animating skateboarding and I wanted to do the music for it too. And, mm-hmm. um, I was, I was just like really hoping for it. Yeah. Ultimately the, the opportunity fell away and I, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was bummed. And yeah. so it's my fault was a song that kind of rose out of that. Um, because there there are things that I looked back to in the interview I had that I felt like I shouldn't have said that kind of did me mm-hmm. in. Um, and I feel like I was a bit too, I don't know that pious is the word. Okay. Um, like in the chorus of that song, maybe I'm too only, maybe I'm too holy. Maybe I don't have it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's kind of like, thinking about what I said in the interview. Maybe I'm too holy and maybe I came off as too pious. It's all all a lot of what ifs, like, did I do that wrong type questions. And so the second verse, um, which 
Oh, gosh. What's the first line again? I completely <laughs> forgot my own song. Well, this broken heart of mine, it can't leave this world alone. Can't leave this world and alone. And I thought, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> I just had to hear that first line. Though this broken heart of mine can't leave this world alone. And I thought that I could have it, but my wants were never home. So, like, this broken heart of mine, I was upset that I uh-huh. lost this thing. Okay. Uh, yeah. Maybe a bit broken hearted because I felt like. I had yeah. lost an opportunity to really pursue my dreams yeah. and my passions. Um, so it can't leave this world alone. So I'm like grasping at like missed opportunity. Okay. I thought that I could have it. Yes. Which is kind of self-explanatory. Yeah. But my wants were never home. So my wants, my desires, yeah. my passions are always elsewhere. Oh. And so then the next line California seems so far, seems so out of reach. Okay. And all my passions mean nothing else to anyone but me. So, like, I if I had won, I would have gone to California. Yeah. Um, to be a part of this. Um, but once it like slipped away, it's like crap. Yeah. That seems so out of reach. Yeah. Um, and all my passions mean nothing else to anyone but me. So, like, that's kind of how I felt afterwards. Yeah. Like, I'm passionate about this, but yeah. it kind of feels like nobody really cares. Um, and I, but I also think that part of that's not true, especially mm-hmm. looking back at it. Right. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, I don't think I would have had the opportunity to even be interviewed for that if nobody cared, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but that's the story behind those, that verse in particular and, oh. and that song in general. Wow. That's like so much deeper than like what? I would have thought. Oh. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Well, great. now I'm kind of intrigued. What what did you, I mean what did you kind of get from it? Um I kind of got like you were brokenhearted about something that happened in your life. I didn't know what. Um I kind of thought that it was like maybe more relational, like maybe you had lost a friend or I don't know, something like that. And you kind of were just in this like I don't know, like just feeling bad after that. And so you're just kind of like, my wants are never home. And I honestly didn't know what that meant. My wants are never home. I was really curious about that. But, um, and then California seems so out of reach. So like I figured he'd want to go to California for some reason. Um, but I couldn't figure out like why it was out of reach, you know? So I don't know. <laughs> but I'm glad you explained it. <laughs> no, I, I think that's cool because yeah. I mean that's kind of the beauty of music and songwriting. Right. Yeah. The the writer can mean one thing and right. somebody hears it and they get something else, you know. Yeah. And and there's I think that's great. You know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Um like that's how music should be. Right. You know? Yeah. And then you had another line in the bridge that I was very curious about. Um you said Melancholy hearts weren't meant to change. So what did you mean by that? Okay. Um, I think that's kind of just me being edgy and <laughs> being upset in the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. Looking back on it. Because I don't know that there's a lot behind that lyric in particular. Okay. Um, but it, it it's more of like a non sequitur that okay. just kind of creates this sense of emotion um, that fits the rest of the song. Yeah. yeah, uh, So I I think that just kind of came from the the time that I was in. Like Mm -hmm. I was very melancholy uh, about the missed opportunity and other things happening in my life. Mm -hmm. I I mean, it it also kind of depends on the season of life that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of where that lyric came from. Okay. And it's yeah. it's more of a non sequitur than anything else, I think. Okay. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> so now we're going to move on to our topic for the day. And today's topic is titles, which I think is great. Um, so tell me, Clarence, um, how do you normally come up with a title? Like where in the process, in the creative process, do you come up with your title for a song? probably like right before I start writing the song. Uh, Really? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I feel like there's a difference between a working title and the Mm -hmm. final title. 
Yeah. Um, so, like, a lot of times I'll have a working title for mm-hmm. a song, and I won't end up using it depending on what the lyrics are. Okay. But, um, it'll also be a tool for me to determine the direction of the song. Okay. In some way. Um, so I have a song called Jerry Seinfeld. Um, mm-hmm. and the whole point of that song was so that I could use Jerry mm-hmm. Seinfeld as a title for a song. Mm-hmm. So I came up with it and I was like, this is a great name of a song. I'm going to write a song <laughs> that references Seinfeld. Yeah. And so the song eventually became about this idea of toxic nostalgia. Okay. Like longing so much for something that it kind of leaves you yeah. stuck. Yeah. Um, and so there's a bunch of Seinfeld references within it. So uh-huh. I, like I talk about Newman and um, Jerry himself and yeah. I talk about the show writers and things like that. Um, but ultimately like the lyrics stemmed from the title for mm-hmm. me uh, just so I could say the song is called Jerry Seinfeld because that's funny and it draws attention <laughs> and it does. Uh, I've had a lot of people comment just on the title of the song and I think in the in the world of streaming and, and like in the world where TikTok is deciding which artists are going to be on the Grammys you know like yeah. you have to have a title that's going to draw a listener in mm-hmm. like how do you title something so that it's interesting enough for somebody to click on your song yeah and then stay you know yeah hopefully hopefully they'll click on it and the music is the thing that's going to make them stay but there's got to be something to pull that initial click and right. i feel like back in the day like <clears throat> and even somewhat to to now like album art was kind of the thing that did that right yeah like if you had good album art i ha- i have bought records solely because of the album art i've never <laughs> like artists that i've never heard of but i saw the cover in a record store i'm like yeah. wow that's good art and i just <laughs> bought it and then it, it, they become like one of my favorite artists later on wow <laughs> but but like the the title is just that that next thing that yeah gonna draw right. somebody in especially in the world of streaming and mm-hmm. and where like people aren't really listening to full albums as much yeah and more just pulling like individual songs mm-hmm um, so, but yeah, the, the title for me, it usually starts somewhere at the beginning of the writing process. Yeah. Um, sort of like with the color palette thing. Um, and it doesn't always work in a particular order. I, I'm not super structured with it, but I, I will use a lot of those tools for songwriting mm-hmm. and the title's always kind of somewhere near the beginning for me, oh, at nice. least a working title. Um, and I'm a very big fan of one-word titles. Yep. I don't use them a lot because they're kind of hard. Um, I think when kind of working on a title, especially if you already have lyrics, like how can you communicate like the emotion of the song mm-hmm. in three words or less? Right. Um, which is hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is not an easy task all the time. And I I really don't like titles that are just the first line of the chorus. Okay. I think that's, I think that's boring. Um, <laughs> and I've done it before. I've done that, but like, I hate it. <laughs> and I hate titles that say something and then have like parentheses after uh, it. Okay. So like, yeah. um, like Flock of Seagulls is the first uh, artist that comes to mind. They have yeah. a song called I Ran. And then in parentheses, it's so far away. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. And I <laughs> wish they would have just called it I Ran. Right. Um, and not I Ran the Country, but I and then Ran, the act of running. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just felt that, like I should clarify that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like how can I... Um, communicate emotion in three words or less, mm-hmm. and and sometimes like there's a there's a Reddit page, and I don't go on Reddit like at all. Yeah. I hate it. Um, 
but there's a subreddit of like what's like write a story in five words or less mm-hmm. or like write a horror story in five words. There's a bunch of different variations of it. And yeah. those are actually pretty helpful to look at mm-hmm. because they are they are telling a story using as few words as possible. Yeah. So communicating something, an idea, mm-hmm. an emotion, an image. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I've I've probably gotten far away from the question at this point. No, you didn't. <laughs> no, you actually touched on a few things that I was planning on asking you. So, yeah, you're spot on. Um, so you said you're a fan of like one word titles. Um, in your opinion, what is like the longest a title can be? Because I've seen a few like pretty long titles, but I don't know. What do um, you think? I don't think there's a limit. Okay. Like, if someone wants to title their their song like the length of a novel i guess they could <laughs> yeah and but who's gonna read that i know <laughs> <laughs> right I, i'm not gonna read that um i like i said i'm a big fan of three words or less uh, yeah and sometimes i'll use more if i have to mm-hmm. or if i'm like i wrote a i wrote an ep uh 2019 um completely based off of napoleon dynamite wow and there's a song in there called break the wrist walk away Mm -hmm. which is a line from the movie and so in that case i feel like yeah i'll use break the wrist walk away which is five words um but i'm also referencing something in that um, mm-hmm. And hopefully people get the reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think there's a, a limit. Uh, but like, don't like people can tell when it's pretentious, you know? That's true. Yeah. Bonnie Vare, I feel like is really bad for that. Uh, he, he kind of just comes off as a pretentious asshole most of the time. (laughs) Um, just because of the way he titles his song. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I mean, ultimately people can do what they want to do. Right. Uh, but it's like, do you want to be marketable? True. Do you want to make money? (laughs) Um, or (laughs) yeah. But if that's not your goal, then, like, by all means, title, like, write a three-page paragraph and use that as the, the name of your, your song. Yeah. Or a three-page essay. What did I say? Um, yeah. And so if people want, I've seen long titles. And yeah. I've seen titles that are just numbers, like, one, two, three, four. Oh. And that's and that works, too. And, hmm. like, like uh, Blur, they have a song that's literally called Song 2. Um, and it's like a, one of the most popular, like Brit pop songs to come out of the nineties. Uh, so yeah, I think it kind of just, whatever your artistic direction is, and I don't, I don't want to be rambling here. Um, just kind of do what you want, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But also, but like, keep in mind, like what you want might not be marketable. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right on that. <laughs> um, so you also mentioned that you don't like having the title being the first line in the chorus. So where do you think the title should be placed in the song? Should it be like in the verse or like at the end or should it be like the hook or what do you think? I don't think you even need it in the song. Okay, really? Yeah. Um, I think the best song titles are ones where the title is not found anywhere in the song. Um, hmm. Like I said, you're trying to communicate the emotion of the song yeah. in, in as many as in as few words as possible. Yeah. And sometimes you can't do that with the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to use other words to, to do that. You got to play with the words. Yeah. Um, that's all songwriting is like when it comes to lyrics and titles, it's just wordplay. Like it is. Yeah. Like, how well can you joust with your adjectives, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I 
I don't think there's anything wrong with right. pulling the title from the lyrics in a song. Yeah. Um, but it's everybody kind of assumes it. Yeah. And it's not really a cliche, but it kind of to me it feels cliche. Yeah. <laughs> it feels lazy <laughs> to me. Uh, to me it feels lazy, and it, it I know it isn't. It like right. You can pull perfectly good titles from the lyrics of a song, and I have done that. Like, yeah. I'm not, like, some shining example of, like, oh, my titles are so creative, <laughs> uh, because they're not. <laughs> um, I maybe have one or two gems here and there. Yeah. Um, but, like, Jerry Seinfeld, going back to that one, because I right. feel like it's a good title. Yeah. Um, I don't reference jerry's full name in the song yeah, no, you i just don't. say seinfeld yeah. in the last leg of the first verse um mm-hmm. but people know what i'm talking about you know right yeah um yeah. i'm trying to think of another song uh i have another song off that record uh called precious mm-hmm. and precious is not found anywhere within those lyrics i'm pretty sure okay uh, yeah and with that song in particular, it's I'm trying to communicate fragility. Mm, okay. With with that title, um, and when you listen to the song, it's not really a fragile song. Like it's yeah. very loud in your face, but the lyrics yeah. are mu- are very much about like being wounded. Mm, um, yeah. And so that's kind of where that word came from is like that title, like precious. Oh, mm-hmm. something like a piece of glass in yeah. your hand. And like you don't want to drop it on the floor, yeah. you know, because <laughs> right. otherwise it'll shatter. Right. So I love titles like that. Because <laughs> uh, those just kind of make you think a little bit more. Yeah, they do. You know, I, I, not to, not to rant about like pulling titles from the chorus, but it's kind of like watching a Western, like, mm-hmm. you know, the yeah. good cowboy is going to win. Right. Like, <laughs> to quote Buddy Rich, you know, I'd rather assume that Maddox can't make it, um, right. you know, like I want to watch mission impossible where yeah. like oh i don't i don't know if they're gonna pull right. off the yeah the job and you know there's there's something like you can do the same thing with song titles like yeah you can you can kind of subvert a listener's expectations and use that to your advantage yep no that's a really good advice honestly um let's see so do you always strive for your titles to be unique in a way or do you kind of settle for more cliche titles every now and then um well i try to avoid cliches yeah as much as possible um and i try to make the titles very interesting mm-hmm. um and that's more for myself yeah but i also want them to be interesting from a marketing standpoint right yeah um so like the the song i talked about much earlier mm-hmm. ghibli um, which is spelled G-H-I-B-L-I, mm-hmm. um, is named after the animation studio, Studio Ghibli. Yeah. And that's kind of the working title for the song, mm-hmm. but it's likely that will be the end title of the song, too. Okay, yeah. Uh, and But it's very unique, and it, it pulls up, for anybody who's familiar with Ghibli and Studio Ghibli and those films, like it, that's going to pull out a certain emotion, and that's what right. I'm trying to tap into. Um, same with Jerry Seinfeld. Um, and, but when you're not like pulling from a specific thing, right. uh, it's a little harder, I think, to be more creative with the lyrics, uh, yeah. not, not with the lyrics, but with the, the title. Yeah. Um, so like I have a song called worn out sweatshirt, mm-hmm. but there's a lyric in the first verse that's you rip me off like a worn out sweatshirt. Yeah. Uh, and of course that is pulled from yeah. the song. But there's also something kind of I hope unique about that song, uh, about that mm-hmm. title. Mhm. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. No, there is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
Sorry, ask me the question again. I feel like I've kind of gotten <laughs> no. off track. No, yeah. Do you feel like your titles, do you want your titles to be more unique? Or are you okay with them being a cliche every now and then? Oh, then, uh, yes. Uh, as much as possible, I want them to be unique. Okay. Um, if a cliche can be used to my advantage to uh-huh. where it doesn't feel cliche, mm-hmm. then I think I'm okay with using it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Great answer. (laughs) I also think just from like, like you said, a marketing standpoint, um, when you're getting royalties and stuff, like if you have a song or like a title of a song, that's like so many other songs have that same title, then it kind of can get confusing with like, you know, what royalties go to like what song and like looking it up, like it it just, it can get kind of lost in the sea of, songs (laughs) well i mean hopefully not because any any song that goes into streaming has like a number attached to it so so then the royalties can be easily traced back yeah um but also like when you're searching the name of a song you don't want your song to be lost in the list of like a million different songs that have the same title right yeah so in that case i think it's good to have more unique titles so yeah definitely (laughs) but also like the the risk you run with having a more unique title is people aren't going to really stumble upon your song that yeah that's true too yeah uh because you kind of have to purposefully look for it (laughs) that's absolutely true (laughs) but then again if it's like unique but catchy like worn out sweatshirt i mean that that sticks in people's heads like so i think you know it could be unique but still searchable i guess i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah i don't know (laughs) so do you have any tips for songwriters that kind of want to improve their titles in their songwriting don't pull from the chorus (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i say that as a joke but also most truth is made in jest um I think the idea of like communicating what you want to say in three words or less okay. is the probably the best thing to practice. Yeah. Um, and the best way to make a good title, okay. in my opinion. Um, and also, but also, it's my opinion. My opinion is not worth a whole lot. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> so yes, well, it is. <laughs> um, so yeah, and and that takes practice. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you yeah. know, you can hopefully the more you kind of start coming up with titles, the more you can make titles that are interesting. And the yeah. same with like songwriting, like songwriting takes practice. Like, yeah, you're not going to write. I mean, well, maybe you are, but you're not going to write a top 40 hit the first song you write. That's true. Absolutely. At least not most of the time. Um Considering that I feel like most people like us probably started writing a lot earlier, like Mm -hmm. middle school, high Mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Um, Like as a high schooler, we don't have enough life experience or practice. (laughs) That is so true. Write (laughs) a meaningful song. Yeah. So um, it just takes time. It takes practice. And I think the same can be said for titles and like writing good titles. Right. Approach it almost like writing a song. But it's only three words or less. <laughs> or yeah. maybe, I mean, you know, if you want, if it's your art to, like, make it a really long title, then that works, too. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, yeah. people can do what they want. Yeah. Um, that's kind of the great thing about music and art. Yeah. Like, you can do what you want, but also be aware that people don't have to care. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Love that. Love that so much. Yeah. So do you have any last thoughts? Last thoughts. Um, read some books. Uh, uh-huh. That helps a lot yeah. with songwriting and, yeah. and with coming up with titles to stay on topic. Um, yeah. Just read a lot. And, and uh, if you like, I, I, I'm not a big fan of fiction. Um, mm-hmm. I love biographies mm-hmm. and I, I love essays. So like when I read, that's kind of the first thing I would go to. Um, 
and like those are good things to pull big words from <laughs> yeah and, and like <laughs> figuring out how to play with them you yeah. know um get a thesaurus or or yes. use the one online uh the thesaurus and the dictionary are like some of a songwriter's most valuable tool i feel like for sure absolutely <laughs> yeah and just try not to be cliche but mm -hmm. sometimes it's unavoidable and yeah. like that's all right yeah. uh there's no right or wrong way to approach songwriting and right. titles i feel like like everybody has their own route and the way that i do it isn't going to be the same for somebody else but um yeah hopefully i've stimulated some thought um mm -hmm. hopefully i come off as like a, a decent mosquito to reference that joke <laughs> earlier <laughs> um <laughs> yeah so i would say that's a i mean that's kind of my final thoughts on like titles and songwriting okay okay wow yeah, you've definitely given us a lot to think about and ponder and just you've dropped so many gems and nuggets of wisdom today, Clarence. So I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Well, thank you for having me. Can I can I kind of plug? Some yes. Stuff where can we fast? find your music and all of your projects that you're working on, your animation? Yeah, all of so, it. Where can we find um, it? my music can be found on Spotify, Apple Music, pretty much anywhere you stream uh, under Clarence Kelly. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I am currently working on a new batch of music, an EP, and I, I air quotes for that because it's uh -huh. probably going to be a lot longer than that. It might okay. be a record. It might be a double EP. I don't know. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> Hopefully that'll be out in the next year, um, okay. in 2021, uh, this year. So, wow. Wow. It's the new year. I, I'm still getting used to that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then uh, my Instagram is at Clarence WWBH. Uh, I've trying. I'm trying to get back into like posting more of my own artwork there and some okay. of the projects that I'm working on. Um, granted, I can't share like everything on there because sometimes you work with an artist and there's a non-disclosure agreement and oh, you can't yeah. share the work you did for them. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, but like. My Instagram, my Spotify, those are kind of mm -hmm. the two main things that I want to plug. Yes. Well, go check out Clarence's music because personally, I love it so much. And if you want to know what good songwriting is, I definitely recommend you go listen to his music because it's an awesome display. So, yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. I'm yeah. stoked to be a part of your podcast. So, thank, thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. All right. Adios. Bye.